0: Welcome back to another episode of the USL show with the hardest going music that is in tempo. Not calling by <laughs> time. Um, listen, we have a lot to talk about this week. Um, lots and lots of fun stuff, some new places, some old faces rejoining the league. And I just want to go ahead. Uh, kick it over to you ryan there's a certain team that's coming back for for the independents to invade once again <laughs> yeah um i was actually really surprised geo was the first person who
1: alerted me to the news on a uh, friday actually quite the friday news stumped for uh leak one to announce that the uh, wilmington uh, hammerheads which i hope would be the name that hasn't been formally uh announced would be returning to league one in 2024 so i had to take the uh, hammerheads kit that i had hanging on my wall of my apartment and try it on for the first time in five years for uh tonight's show it still fits
0: i mean that's honestly hey shout out to you for it to still fit it would not fit me i promise you that <laughs> fine how you doing
1: my man doing well happy to be back it feels it's only been like a one week
0: off but it feels like it's been ages so for sure I every single time I take a week off because I think it's all I've only taken two but it's like man that was the longest week ever that's wild yeah. Alan how would uh we haven't seen you in a little bit um yeah how did your concerts and whatnot go?
2: Uh, concert went pretty well. There was a little, uh, a little hiccup in the middle of Star Wars, but, uh, you know, those things happen with, uh, 12 and 13 year olds playing instruments. Uh, and then last week it was the eighth grade, uh, trip to, uh, Knott's Berry Farm, which is a, um, amusement park. Uh, and so that's always a fun trip because you get to see the kids in outside of their like school habitat and they're like a little bit more like normal humans, um, <laughs> And so that's always like a treat uh, to get to, to do that. So uh, it was been a busy couple of weeks. And then uh, next week, I probably won't be here either because I'll be in a different state. So um, it is summertime. I am like very calm. Uh, I, I just want to take a chance to congratulate John and the Backheel team for their first month of coverage of everything American soccer. It's like almost overwhelming how much information is being put out. Uh, But I got to shout that out, and uh, I can't wait for the heeled podcast with uh, music that is in time.
0: (laughs) And Gio, uh, you are still fighting a good fight on Twitter against people who invaded your stadium, all nine of them. And also getting into fights with people eating things with forks, not looking at you, John. Um, (laughs) How are you doing, dude? Uh we can't hear you. No. Can you hear me now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: Okay. I was having some technical difficulties earlier. Uh, summer is here. Uh, kids are out of school, so that's fun. I uh, had some graduation, uh, my daughter's fifth grade graduation, and I did cry at the end. Um, and uh, But I've, I've, it's been good. Um, yeah. Uh, you're not supposed to eat pupusas with forks unless <laughs> I might give you a pass if you're Caucasian. Uh, the first time, the first time, but after that, then we're going to have to talk about our friendship and I might smack it out of your hand, uh, which I almost did for uh, Brandon Mays, but uh, he, he, he caught it immediately and uh, he's a good man. Um, but yeah, it was, it, it was overwhelming being invaded by um, a group of, um, you know, people who do not look like they were there to party and pop smoke and, um, And it was overwhelming, you know. It was was a hard, rough ninety minutes listening to ten people chant and yell at us. I don't know how you guys dealt with that in the championship or the lack thereof, I guess. But um, for the past, you know, few years, but uh, it was fun, and I can't wait to talk about that game.
0: Uh, My biggest takeaway from that is honestly kind of respect to the independent supporters because they didn't back down. They just kept on fighting their yeah. – I, I won't call it a good fight, but they kept fighting yeah. it. It, so, t- it, took them
3: two, it took them two days to respond, so they, t- they had their time. But, you know.
0: For sure, for sure. But uh, I want to go ahead and get into uh, some I told you so's and some shockers. I think everybody is going to know what mine is. So, But we'll <laughs> go ahead and start where we left off, Geo, Some I told you so's and shockers.
3: Um, well, let's just go. I told you so. I knew Greenville was going to beat Charlotte from the beginning. Uh, they were top of the league. You know, I, and I predicted for them to be the worst team in the league, and they've been far from it. But I feel like we've been informed lately. A lot of people have been talking about Greenville's form, um, and we came in and dominated that game. <clears throat> we've like, got twenty-five shots to their five, um, and we. Got a well-deserved win at home, going into a tough game with Omaha coming up soon and Northern Colorado um, coming up also. We have an easy game this week against forward Madison. Jake Keegan, hat-trick incoming. But, um, you yeah, know, I, I knew I, I knew we were going to pull off that win, even with Charlotte looking as good as they have been, as crazy as they haven't. But they, they've been pulling off results, but I was happy that they couldn't do it. And how about that Legion win, though? I, yeah. Yeah. I'll let you talk about it, but that was my biggest shocker. That really was. After everything you talked about, how it's a free win and uh, you know, all the locks that we did, we looked stupid. I <laughs> mean, so.
0: the USL curse hit once again. Phil was the only person not to lock it. He was the only person to get their lock of the week because, of course, and he doesn't get to be here to brag about it. Um, we cursed Phoenix. I would like to say it was Tommy soon and the boys showing up, but it was us. We all, we all know that. So, but we'll get to that just a little bit. Alan, I told you so's and shockers.
2: Uh, I'm going to go a little bit different route with my shock of the week. And I, I'm going to not be accused of West coast bias (laughs) here. Um, But my shock of the week was actually orange County playing two matches and giving up five goals over those two matches against Oakland and New Mexico. And the shock is also how those games finished in both instances, where Orange County giving up the lead in the first match to, to lose 3-2 to two in quite an epic, uh, for a neutral, pretty much an epic match. And then kind of the same thing happening, but in reverse. And uh, was it Timbakis coming up with a huge save to uh, deny... Uh, Orange County another draw so like two late individual moments of brilliance uh, I thought that was quite shocking uh, particularly um, when uh, Braden Cloutier was relieved of his duties uh, in kind of mid-October uh, since then Orange County never let up more than one goal uh, with Richard Chaplow in charge and I think right now that uh, giving up that five goals is uh, not what Orange County wants to do in the way, the way they want to play the match. So that was kind of shocking to me. Um, and then I told you so. Um, I, I was warning San Diego player people that this Red Bulls game was going to be a little bit of a trap game, but also like baby bulls have been in a lot of matches recently, and this is going to be a lot harder than everyone thought. Uh, And then Red Bulls announced that they're like loaning down several players. Uh, And, you know, and that just shows you uh, a little bit of the, you know, fine margins that a team like Baby Bulls have is when you put, you know, a guy who gets some MLS minutes in that USL team, all of a sudden they are um, a little bit more dangerous and actually can put a good game in. And, you know, San Diego gave them a good game in the second half, but it was kind of a told you so to San Diego fans like, you can't sleep on anyone in the USL right now. I mean, especially, uh, we've seen this in the Western Conference with Colorado and Monterey Bay. Like, any team can beat anybody given a international break. I do just want to hop in on that Baby Bowls thing. Like,
1: that was particularly flagrant in that Caden Clark came down when he's an active RB Leipzig player. Like, Hassan Ndam was nominated for usl young player of the year he's an mls caliber
0: guy the, the, like what they did is completely absurd and so on par for the course this is so not the first time they've done this and you kind of talked about it a little bit on the socials alan and depending on who you are it could be seen as a oh, salty loyal fan but you're 100 <laughs> right i mean it's the fact that it's it's completely unfair. And completely garbage. I mean, it's it's one thing for to do it the way Loudon does it, right? Where it's been the same players all year long. But the thing is, is that, I mean, Baby Bulls, this is not the first time they've done this. They've done this kind of thing. Maybe not to the point of Leipzig, but, you know, they've done this before where they send down some of their better players from or maybe some fringe players in the senior squad down to, you know, the two team. I, the Why, and obviously this isn't going to be an issue anymore, which maybe this will be an issue with some of the two teams down in League 2, but why not just have a cap of how many people that you can loan out to your two team? I mean, the difference between a two-team and an academy team, I mean, those are technically two different entities. I mean, you can only send, maybe make it a rule that you can only send like three or four players down from your first team down to your two-team. And that would get
2: rid of a lot of the BS like we saw with uh, Baby Bulls and Loyal. I think something to remind some folks who are newer to USL is this was the landscape before COVID right you had i remember there was a game i think it was tacoma did this to sacramento like sacramento was a really good team tacoma was like a nobody uh and they like loaned down these guys who were scoring in mls games and they just sent them down and just walloped sacramento and and so th- this happened more uh you know 2018 2019 like this happened in the before times a lot more frequent i shouldn't say a lot more frequently it was more of a reality because it, it was happening all the time, right? You were getting yeah. these guys loaned down. We saw it with, um, I think Reno had had some of these situations where and in some ways it hurt Reno because you got five or six guys on a Friday and you had to incorporate them. Uh, you know, you saw this with Tacoma, especially over these like international breaks where guys need minutes and where else are you going to send them until MLS next, uh, Kicks off, and then that's where some of those guys might end up. But I, I think it, it's pretty terrible, especially in a more modern USL. And we just got done discussing with Tampa Bay and Louisville and Phoenix and New Mexico about competitive balance and what is actually fair and what the league is doing. Yeah, it looks bad. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of crappy. We can't wait for two teams to leave because this won't happen anymore. But right now, like, I wasn't surprised when I saw that. I was like, yeah, of course that's what they're gonna do. And, you know, San Diego fought back and ended up getting a draw, which I was pretty happy with, given the circumstances. And ultimately, like, a West Coast versus East Coast doesn't have huge playoff implications as far as tiebreakers anyway. So at the end of the day, it's, it's you know, it's whatever. Um, if San Diego gonna... misses the playoffs by two points, I'll be mad, but I don't think that's happening, knock on wood. So... Sorry, I-, I
0: wanna I want to push back a little bit on the it's not gonna matter much longer. Um, I mean let's look at the uh W the W League, right? You have two in in two N W S L teams, their two teams are in the W League. So we could be seeing this in W League. We very well could be seeing this with with a uh, USL championship or league one team sending down their players down to league two. Cause that's where I'll, there's a lot of two teams in league two right now. And I think that this is something that just because it won't affect the championship doesn't mean it's not important to talk about because we're still going to be seeing these issues going forward. Maybe just not at the level of MLS to
2: USL, but yeah. especially with W league though. I think you'll see it a little bit more probably in this, in Super League. Um, I'm not sure there's a huge benefit of sending an NWSL player down to a W League match, um, except for maybe minutes. But I, I think right now you get these guys who are kind of fringe MLS guys or guys who are young MLS guys that USL offers them a very competitive match to play in. So it's not just like free minutes, you know, running, you know, running, ragged over the other team it's like hey this team's going to give us a a, a good game um let's send those down um and yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of uh stuff in the chat so i will step back and uh, ryan's got some good points um that he's been typing out and he should probably share those with everybody
1: i think it's really crucial on how uh like just squad registration of players like there's a hard set that you can no longer loan down players i think at a transfer window for some other leagues within uh, europe that there's just um they basically have to register the players they play for the squad at a certain point the season and then that's it they can't move and then potentially they can move like in the winter window or halfway through the season so that could be something USO should have looked into or could potentially look into but it's really tough With these two teams, especially going up against more of the independent teams that they just have more flexibility in their rosters and just how many players they can manage, especially with Red Bull having the global academy that they do of Leipzig and your Salzburgs of the world.
0: Well, moving on, we still have a we still have three more told you says and shockers, John.
1: Yeah, on the told you so front, um, I'll go with Oakland just getting two wins this week. I was the only one to pick them against OC, but I think the bigger point is that it was not like I had done a tactic show a couple weeks ago about how they'd been playing really, really well, and it just wasn't turning into results. And yeah, Orange County and Monterey are the two worst teams in the West right now, but like they're finally turning those performances into results, and I think that's really good to see for a team that's been doing it right. I mean, Juan Guerra is a class act. Who's I mean, huh. done the service as an assistant. So yeah, yeah, and he's a looker at that. <laughs> <That's amazing. laughs> um, but in terms of the thing that I kind of missed on was not picking Greenville this week. I'm as big a Don Smart fan as there has been, like since day one, 2014, in the 11 shout out. So I should have been on top of that. He
3: had a great
0: game too. Yeah, he did. I mean, that's one sentence. The fact that Orange County and Monterey Bay are in the same conversation right now. Oh, how the late season bloomers have fallen. But the same thing with Oakland. Is this just going to be their thing every year that they're really bad at the beginning and suddenly they're just going to sneak into playoff spots and ruin somebody's year? Is that just their thing? I yeah, they just don't like don't start playing until week eight, basically maybe that's something they're teaching them. They're like, we're going to let them think they have a chance. Like this is more fun. We hate playing home playoff games. (laughs) I mean,
2: they do have a game in hand on a lot of the teams below galaxy RGV Vegas. So if all three of those teams like win their next game, which is debatable, if all three of them do like Oakland, isn't quite as close to the playoff line, but the fact that they're even on points in Sacramento, um, but Sacramento's got three games in hand. Wow. Uh, and three, only three points back of El Paso, um, and then you're talking about like home playoff matches. Like that is pretty impressive. Um,
1: and you're looking at an Oakland team who's one of three teams in USL Championship right now who are unbeaten in their last five.
0: Dumb. This is a dumb sport. <laughs> <laughs> the funniest thing I
1: thought with that uh, Oakland Orange County match was uh, I had messaged it into our chat, but. Um, in the span of four minutes, we went from Allen or we went from Geo, Phil, and Kaylor getting it right to Alan and myself getting it right to John eventually getting the prediction right with uh, Oakland's comeback
0: win. It's a wizard. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a dumb sport. I don't get it. And I said this last week. When it comes to these predictions, every single time John's like, "Oh, everything's telling me I should pick this one team. i want to do the other one." He gets it right. When I do that. I get it wrong. I, it's, it's
2: whatever. So the wild part about Ryan's stat is like I looked at the standings, and those the other two teams were not two of the teams that I probably would have guessed were the other ones with five game unbeaten streak. So yeah, one of those teams has won five in a row.
1: That's yeah, wild. Uh, Ryan? I will go with uh, my I told you so of the week was that I was the only one who backed Tampa Bay to win their match against Louisville. Now, to be fair, there was a lot of just travel, and that game got delayed to a Sunday. But that was a Tampa Bay performance that looked pretty convincing over Louisville, not sure if that was Louisville, was just more fatigue waiting for the Sunday match, but Tampa Bay had 12 shots in that one. Uh, It was off of uh, Fernandez with the penalty, and it just seemed like a really comprehensive performance for the Rowdies who have now gone four matches unbeaten, and that's three wins in their last four. I will say the one match that I had missed was that everyone else in the – Show had picked Union Omaha to uh, beat Chattanooga. And I was the only one who thought for a draw there, and I was wrong on that one. Omaha did pick up a win in that result.
0: Sad boys going to sad boys. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, my told you so. Um, honestly, I didn't really have much. Uh, that was really headstrong. On I guess I'm just going to continue just picking piggybacking off of John's threads and just saying Jake LaCava, and that's it. That's all I'm <laughs> going to say on that one. Um, as for Shockers, um, yeah, Legion. I uh, they that was wild. I don't think I I okay. I know how it happened, but the thing is, is that through four years or I guess three and a half years of Tommy Ball. we've never seen a Legion team go out and play like that before. How was I supposed to predict that after three and a half years, he'll finally change the system? Well, that's not my fault. Um, but, I mean, it was really impressive to watch finally utilizing the press because we have players who can press like nobody's business, and we have for three and a half years, and we're finally doing it. Um, I said this on uh, the fan experience, but Jake Roof, underrated underrated MVP of the game last week. He's our backup, our backup's backup left back, and went out there and played a dang near perfect match. So shout out to Jake Roof on that. I mean, with two of our best players out in Anderson Asidu and Bruno Lapa, I, I think there was good reason for us to be hesitant of this match against Phoenix. And with those same players likely out against Memphis, I mean, I'm going to give a little spoiler on mine as much as it hurts. I, I just don't see it working, uh, two times in a row with those two players, uh, missing, but it's fine.
2: <laughs> yeah. That's a wild game because Birmingham and Phoenix are both top five or top four in shots. Uh, I know they talked about Birmingham – Birmingham's – Birmingham's like, – Birmingham, uh, Birmingham, whatever. Um, I, I don't know. I, I've been taught that s- southern cities, you just like slur all the words together, and that's Birmingham, how it works. Birmingham. Birmingham. Mississippi. Louisville. Um, well, yeah, like, it's they, definitely Louisville. They were harping on Birmingham's like ability to finish, but I think Phoenix is also having a little bit of, of – you know, they're only – Converting ten percent of their shots, so they're getting tons of shots. They're just not putting it behind, you know, in the net. They're still top ten in goals scored, but I, I think there's a little bit of a problem there. They're just not being as efficient as they've been in the past, and I think that's a huge difference in this team. Is if their conversion rate goes up just a little bit more, then people aren't worrying about Phoenix not making the playoffs. I don't know what's going on with Phoenix fans. Phoenix fans don't hit the panic button. You're fine. This is what everyone – every other fan of every other team but Tampa Bay and Louisville, like this is what we go through every year. You're fine. You're going to be fine. It's funny. You're it's be funny fine.
0: to say that because do you know how many cruise outs post I've seen in the last couple of days? I I don't under I, – I get that success, and some people think the coach out thing is kind of a meme and funny, but some people really mean it that they want Danny Cruz out of Louisville, City. Like who are – Really? Well, who are you going to promote? Who are you going to put in there? That's, granted, I guess Louisville's been a kind of a factory, and they just kind of assume that who anybody can walk in there and do the dang thing. But also, no, <laughs> he's—I mean, uh, is Hackworth? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, he was—he was great there. But this Danny Cruz-led Louisville team just looks like a more competitive team. They just look better. They are more attractive to watch than they were before. Is some of that stadium, maybe, but it's also just a breader, a breader. Wow, better brand of footy. Mm-hmm. All right. Anybody else have anything from any of those conversations?
2: I, I would just. I, I think people are going to be mad if we don't say Detroit City. So Detroit City, and now we can move on. I do just want to say, I mean, we were talking about it. <laughs> I know, I get goaded into
1: this. We were talking about it a little bit in the, in the chat. But um, <laughs> the Detroit City fans look at this result where they got roundly outplayed by the Riverhounds and complain that they're, like, top 10 in a given power rank is completely hilarious. Like, this team has been skating by doing well, Doing as well as you could hope for an expansion team that's getting the results against the teams they should beat. Yet yeah, they don't have a good win really, except for the crew in the open cup in Birmingham in like April when the Legion were playing terribly.
0: Still and not a good win.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so we're supposed to pretend like Detroit is the powerhouse. Like, don't get me wrong, they've looked like a playoff team. They've got the upside, but they've got to prove it. And they've got the matches in these next couple weeks to do so. But, like, I know that's Detroit fans' whole thing is being very online, but just take a chill pill. I mean, it's Sacramento at home, El Paso at home, and then Memphis away. Those are three matches that if they want to prove it, uh, potentially the number one team in their conference will be
0: uh, a game at the end of the month. Yeah, I... I don't know. It's kind of. It's just really funny to me because the and this this is not me calling out one single person. I've seen multiple people with this take. It's going to seem like I'm calling one person out. I promise I'm not. But I saw a lot of people that were like, "Well, the betting lines coming into this had Pittsburgh as a favorite." I'm like, "Don't listen." I I know we have you know the USL better who's usually in our chat. Hey, shout out to you if you're watching. But most betting lines that you can find readily available suck. They don't know the USL like people who are following the USL. It's just... It's it's also, if the argument
1: is Detroit is awesome, but then they're saying, oh, of course we drew this game. Look at the betting lines. They were so favored towards the other team. You're arguing two separate points where either Detroit is shit and they got a result luckily or detroit is good i don't know it's just there on me drag them drag them
2: <laughs> and honestly if you're gonna look
1: at all the teams in eastern conference if you're gonna look at home records pittsburgh's arguably a tougher spot
0: to play at than keyworth mm-hmm. we don't want to talk about that it's fine um <laughs> anyway so i think we have a couple things from a old twitter mailbag um, and I, since we're already on the topic, the very first one that came in was one of my favorites, which was just Nate Steinwasher. That's all it said. So good goalie, really good goalie. Um, Without him, honestly, Detroit City might be a solid like three or four positions lower. I mean, he has, he has gotten them so many points throughout the year. They, I think personally you could put him into the keeper of you know the all USL keeper this year. He is in that conversation to me. Ninety fourth percentile goals saved above average, top fifth in goals against. He's good, and he was the reason they got that draw. Yep. Anybody else on Nate Steinwasher? Go ahead, get your Detroit City feelings out. Let's go ahead talk about it. Is a
3: cool name. <laughs> <laughs>
0: They have a statue. This is the one with mm-hmm. the statue.
2: Gio. Uh, oh yeah, that one. That one yeah. <laughs> it's
3: the one with those fans. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Isn't that just like I mm-hmm. clean cups?
1: Like. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but the way he's been playing,
1: he I think is possible to land himself an MLS move next season. Yeah,
2: oh, he, he cleans. Atlanta. He cleans cups and apparently also cleans some sheets. So <laughs> there he's, there he's we top go. five and clean clean sheets. There we go. <laughs> Although that that stat's a little bit like wins for a pitcher in baseball. It's like goalies can do so much, but it's also like offense dominated. There were like zero shots, but the goalie gets credit for a clean sheet on U.S.L. stats. Defenders get credit for that, too, which I think is also a little bit weird. Like, what if you're a good defender and have a, a crap goalie? Like, eh. yeah. I'll get so,
0: I, I want to go ahead and move on uh, to – I guess I'm going to put these back-to-back. Um, the first one is, is Memphis really the best team in the Eastern Conference? And I am going to take a step back because I'll seem biased, and I'll let other people talk first. <laughs>
1: Okay, so I'll jump in on this. They're not the best, but I think that they've convinced me they're in that kind of top four. So with your Louisville, your Tampa, et cetera. The way that this team has been built in 2022, where it totally reflects the style of game that Ben Pierman wants to play, They've got players up and down the roster who are very good passers, very technical on the ball. They defend well, not exceptionally, and I think that's my pause with them. And you saw it when they gave up two goals against Atlanta with fairly basic mistakes of just getting sucked in, not marking people. At the same time, going forward with Laurent Casiodu dictating everything in the middle in front of Malloy Jeremy Kelly being one of the breakout players of the USL season on the left. So like they they they're going to be in the playoffs and they're going to be a threat because of that offense, but to say they're the best right now is a little bit of an overstep.
0: Yeah, that's kind of where I was going to land with them as well is I mean, before the season I called them a playoff lock. I really believed in the players that they brought in and if you watch them towards the end of the year, uh I, I mean they had from like the middle of October on, or not October, maybe it was October um, because they had like nine matches in the span of one month that they had to get in. They started late, whichever month that was, they really started turning it around then, And I think that they have proved to have a good culture around there. They're finally starting to bring in the right players. Um I think that this team is really freaking talented and got overlooked because they didn't bring in the quote-unquote premier uh, League One talent. They didn't go raid Greenville, uh, Union Omaha, uh, et cetera. They went and got some players that fit their system, which sometimes is more important. (laughs) All the time it's more important, but you, you guys know what I mean. I really believe in what they were doing this year. I think that they are going to be a formidable force uh, moving forward, especially since this year, their entire offense is not Segbers and Murphy. It is goals by committee with, you know, a couple guys getting more here and there, but it is goals by committee now. So they are just so much more dangerous than they used to be. I
2: think it's, they're a little bit inflated right now because I think they're a little bit in the Detroit city realm lately, right? Like, of those five wins and their past five wins, the most notable one is a two-one home win against in uh, Indy Eleven. Like before that, they beat Battery, which everyone does that. Uh, they beat LA at home, or they beat LA at Memphis was at home, uh, which LA is pretty terrible on the road this year. And then they beat Loudon in Atlanta. So it's like it's one of those. They're, they're beating teams convincingly that they probably should beat, And that's great. Like, that's what you should do. Like you should go in there and wallop those teams. Uh, I'll be interested to see what this team, uh, much, much like Detroit, you know, how this team matches up uh, against their run is kind of in early July against Tampa Bay, Phoenix, then Lou city. I, I think that's where you're going to see exactly what kind of team 901 is like they're, good right now and to be honest I haven't watched a ton of them because their matchups haven't been super great so it's like all right I have a limited number of hours I'm good not watching you know Memphis but you know this is a team that I think people should start paying attention to and start to start to follow um, and until they uh, beat Lou City or Tampa Bay uh, convincingly uh, I'm not sure they can make a claim to the best team in the east yet. But, I mean, it's right on the horizon in in early July for them to do just that.
0: And then the follow-up question, I've kind of wanted to put this together because we do have a fun uh, Southern Harm Derby tomorrow. And it's, is Birmingham for real? Um, <laughs> talent, everything when it comes to rosters, names on a roster should tell you yes. Everything that you watched against Phoenix should also tell you yes, but we also have what thirteen other matches to tell you no. <laughs> so I don't know. I think you're going to find out a lot in these next five to six matches. Uh, we have our of our next six matches, five of them are on the road. Five of them straight on the road. Those including Lou City, uh, New Mexico, Sacramento. Um, it's going to be rough. I think if this team can hang around that six to nine range in the standings after that six-game run, I think I can firmly say, yes, this Legion team is for real. If we dip below ninth, I think we might have sealed our fate just a little bit. So, if you mentioned that uh, kind of six to nine branch, you have Indy 11 and in Miami
1: at six and seventh on 20 points, then Birmingham and eighth on 19 points, then Escital set up more distant ninth at uh, 14 points. If you take that first trio, would you say Birmingham is the most likely of those three to miss the playoffs, or would you say it's still yet to be determined?
0: Yes. I think so. I think Birmingham would be the first out. I don't know. Somebody else, because I'm just being pessimistic, to be honest. <laughs> I, have this, I have this exact question as a draft in my
1: Twitter thing right now to send it as a poll. So I'll actually do that because yeah. I'm so curious. Like, as an indie fan who is also a self loathing human being, I think that India is most likely to miss the playoffs.
3: <clears throat>
1: but, like, I don't know. I just, I'm so bought into what this Birmingham team is on paper, even if the performances don't always match that. And I don't know. And Kaylor, if you're looking at uh, just kind of recent form from this, they have the same uh, just kind of last five games as Detroit, Pittsburgh and El Paso for uh, Birmingham Legion.
0: Yeah. The thing is though, is that you have two draws at home both of which that should have been wins, that 100% feel like losses. I think think what makes this feel different is not scoring a single goal against Las Vegas, not scoring a single goal against Miami, and then taking the battering that was lily ball. I think all three of those results back-to-back-to-back has just firmly cemented everything as being like, this team sucks, this is awful, we hate everything. I, it's also just going to be hard with Bruno Lapa in Brazil right now, and Anderson Cidu likely going to be out with an injury. Those are two of our best players. Um, one of them, I would say, is our best player, in Anderson Cidu that we're going to be missing. So, I don't know. It, it's just kind of hard to say. And if you're just looking at the table, I don't think Birmingham should be any lower than
1: nice, any lower than ninth, unless something goes <clears throat> catastrophically wrong just look at the bottom five teams of the eastern conference it was said in chat there's a lot of just like really poor play between hartford down to Loudon, atlanta new york and charleston that's
0: basically you're gonna you're picking up a lot of your points there yeah yeah and harry puts that yeah birmingham's leading with 100 percent of the vote fair <laughs> i'm gonna oh, give man. a vote for someone else then thank you ryan Um, let's see. I'm trying to see if there was anything else that was sent. Uh, simply Greenville on top of the world. Geo.
3: (laughs) (laughs) That, that is how I felt, especially after the independence ultras supposedly taken over. They had, uh, first 50 people, uh, get a free bus ride to come to the new rivalry game. They offered it and they didn't even get 50 people to get on a free bus ride. Um, So that was interesting. Um, And then seeing, I think I saw it during halftime because I was just preparing to yell at uh, Noah Abrams, I think the keeper's name was, that was an emergency loan. And as soon as he came out, I had a fun time telling him how his defenders don't even respect him, they don't even know who he is. Um, And he didn't like that very much. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I uh, had, had a fun time just talking to go back to Miami, uh, being the third-string keeper. Um, but uh, it was just funny seeing <laughs> the the independents saying that uh, we need to thank the referees for our win and um, that they were going to show up and take over. And the pictures were just hilarious to me. Um, and then hearing a few days later. Uh, how they uh, just, I don't know. I don't want to say too much because I don't want them in my DMs or anything, but...
0: I mean, um, you're already blocked by Charlotte. So. I, I am. <laughs> I am. At
3: this, this point, it doesn't matter. But um, I don't know. Some of their fans are just a little bit unbearable and soft. Uh, but it, but it's funny. you know. I'm just glad we were able to win. And it felt good with how well that they've been how they've been able to get results and to, to show up and just hearing back and forth of a lot of people saying we need to push the panic button after not being in first place Well now we're in first place um for the time being um going into some big games so i think now's the time we're showing our quality um especially when we get to play the mls giant killers in two weeks so that'll be a fun week
0: so pumped for that matchup so excited for that matchup i do just want to
1: say real quick at least the charlotte fans can hang their hat on the fact that their ownership group is so reasonable and politically sane. yes
3: yes yes you're, you're right and then that's and they argue just as well as he does about you know um but yeah noah abrams he i don't think he is a friend of mine anymore he uh, he did not. He left his water bottle, water bottle, and towel, and everything. He did not go back and get it because he knew he would have to look at all of us. Um, he did tweet out that we're a good, good supporters group or something like that. Gio, but, uh,
0: do you realize that the person that he's a backup to was the guy that punted the ball at you. He gave. I know. He definitely warned them. I know. He, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he must have.
3: Um, Oh, but that was a fun time. I, I was. I, lo- I still don't have my voice fully back from yelling at him so much. Uh, that's how much fun I had at that game that we were so politely taken over by.
0: So I got one more thing before we move on to predictions, and it's kind of talking about Oakland roots a little bit. And I think they have two players from Venezia, right, uh, on yeah. loan. Carson Johnson. It, it's one of the things that's really interesting, right? where they don't think they don't have a formal uh anything going on there there's no no uh Rangers to uh, orange county thing going on, but you know it, I wonder what made Oakland the place to send not one but two of their players over to. I wonder what that was about. I don't know i mean i don't have a clue both of
1: those I mean, players i mean carlson is leading the league in goals right now like he's been unbelievable but uh jansen has been really flexible he started on the left wing over the weekend he was a central midfield player who came on as like an attacking option late against sacramento a couple weeks back he's been amazing like the impact that those two have had on loan can't be understated for this team
0: yeah, I mean, somebody mentioned – I can't remember who it was now. Somebody mentioned somebody else winning the Golden Boot, but I was like there is one guy that is firmly, firmly ahead at this point. Um, so, oh, and the other one that we need to talk about, and I think we've already talked about it a bit. Yeah, Rowdies are back. Um, that, one was, that one was commented a few times. I mean – what a strange situation you know from everything that we were hearing basically was that they got stuck in Dallas because everybody who goes from Tulsa out east they go through Dallas. Um, they got stuck in Dallas and then they had to send out a another like private or commercial jet from the Rays organization to get players home just slowly. I'm just weird so strange but the thing is though is that this happens a lot more than people think i talked about this before um with las vegas lights when they came to birmingham they didn't get to birmingham i think uh their keeper told me not until (coughs) super super late at night the next or the night before the match so late that they didn't even get a chance to train the next morning So they had to come into the match, and the first time that they got a chance to stretch or warm up or do anything is when they got to the field. So this happens a lot, (laughs) a lot more than they like to admit. Grand normally doesn't happen in somewhere that far away, like Dallas to to Tampa Bay, but it still happens. But – yeah, uh, Tampa Bay has Thomas Van Kazeel. I still don't get it. It makes me sad, and that's all I want to talk about that. <laughs> um, but let's move on to some predictions, why don't we? Uh, first up, we're going to start with Ryan. We have the Miami FC versus John Indy 11. Yeah, speaking of that, just uh, poll,
1: it's interesting because we're we'll watching it a head-to-head meeting of those uh, two of the three teams out of that. Uh, just kind of Twitter poll, and it will also have an impact on Birmingham. One of the things that I had really looked at was just that Miami, out of the last like five games, three of them are draws. And I I think that's going to just kind of play a little bit more into this team that I'm willing to take a draw on this one as both teams kind of just take another step forward into the playoff picture, but really not like taking a firm establishment into this sixth or seventh spot. John? Yeah, quietly, Miami has kind of been in poor-ish form. Like, they're drawing a lot of games. I'm still an indie doubter because of the aforementioned self-loathing. So, went with a draw here.
2: Uh, Indy hasn't drawn a match since April, I believe. Uh, so, I was like, someone's probably going to win this one. So, uh, I picked Miami. Um, I don't know why. Maybe I like fed like the, the self-loathing from John like fed in and because I, I think any, I, I do like Indy. I do think that they have something there that they're going to get there eventually, I think, um, into the playoffs. But, uh, I think Miami rediscovers what it's like to win without having to play Charleston.
3: I chose, I chose Miami too, after they got their mediocre third keeper, um, Loaned the I think <laughs> I think uh, they're gonna be <laughs> they're gonna be able to pull off a win and see uh, what a difference it makes.
0: I also picked the Miami FC not for the same <laughs> reasons that Geo did. Um, I, I'm just I, I get so enamored by names on the roster and I still just like the names on the roster more for Miami. Um, I that yeah, that's about all I had for that. That's the under- only. I do real quick. Just want to say, like, I think tactically Miami is fairly
1: uniquely positioned to deal with what Indy does. Like Segbers is going to handle Asante fairly well. Indy's going to be reintegrating three or four starters that have been gone in international duty in two weeks. When these teams play again, could be a different story. But I just have a slight Miami lean, so of course
0: I want to draw. <laughs> naturally. <laughs> Next up, we have Birmingham Legion FC versus Area Code FC in the Southern Harm Derby.
1: Memphis is one of the uh, few sides this season that are still unbeaten on the road, including three consecutive wins that dates back to uh, April 16th. So, I'm going to be taking Memphis to continue their win streak to make uh with a win here. John yeah, went draw with this one as well. I'm really buying into what the Legion are giving after that Phoenix performance. I think Memphis is good, but I just feel like a draw here.
2: Uh, so I'm rolling with the hot hand, and since I'm like basically Norwich City at this point in predictions, <laughs> um, I, I locked Perfect. this one for nine hundred one just to like take a chance, ride the hot hand. Uh, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if Birmingham, 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 Birmingham uh, uh, shows up and, and makes it an interesting match. Uh, but I'm rolling with a high hand in Memphis. Uh, could,
3: could you talk about Norwich of USL show predictions? I, I was trying to get a picture with Dean Smith over the weekend, and I was going uh, <laughs> to tweet, tweet, <you, laughs> tweet you. But I couldn't get to him in time. <laughs> But uh, anyway, um, I picked um, Memphis to win. Um, I really wanted to. I was really leaning towards a draw um, because I think the Legion are playing well, but so are Memphis. But um, I think Memphis are going to pull a win. I really like what Aaron Malloy is doing over there after a great season with Fort Madison. Um, he's been a real big difference maker for this team, surprisingly. Um, so I'm going with Memphis, unfortunately.
0: When in doubt, when it comes to pronouncing Birmingham, it's always ham like a pig because South, we love food. Um, at least that's for us. Yeah, I I picked 901. Um, it hurts. Uh, part of my motivation is the last time I picked against Legion. They won, so I'm hoping the magic stays. Um, except for two times um, – of the 10 meetings Legion and 9-1 have in the USL, uh, only two of them have been decided by more than one goal. So this is going to be a hard, scrappy win, and I wouldn't be shocked by a draw whatsoever. Um, it, either way, this feels like a match that, just like in years past, is going to come down to close to the final kick of the game, and it just feels like that's going to fall to Memphis's way. God, that hurt to say. I want to throw up. Um, speaking of one to throw up, we have Loudon versus Baby Bulls. <laughs>
1: I laughed when I saw that you picked this one. I was like, "Gosh, if there was just a match that is really tough to figure out—the same movable force and uh, just immovable object—it uh, just—it's this is a difficult." One, you're looking at two teams who basically have four losses and one draw in their last uh, five games. But I don't know. I, it, I went with New York Red Bulls, too to pick up a win, but I don't honestly feel confident in any three results occurring here. <laughs> I went with New York here and I'm feeling kind of confident about it. Loudon's had some time off,
3: lockish. It's- which <laughs> <laughs> could
1: be good or bad but they look decent in their last time out so it kind of kills that momentum New York meanwhile has been putting in good performances even when they're not getting the results even if they don't get the MLS loans I think they take this
2: yeah so I went with the Bulls and so I think what's going to happen is um, it's going to be nil-nil and then Michael Jordan's gonna get subbed on and he's going to pull a nineteen eighty-nine Chicago Bulls and last second jump shot uh over the defender as time expires, giving the Bulls a one-nothing victory. If you thought if you thought Wizards 45 Jordan was was <laughs> something else, wait
0: till you see number ninety nine Brian. I mean Michael Jordan come out. Golly. <laughs> Oh man, this is gonna
3: this is gonna be a must watch game because I was thinking the same idea. Loudon are gonna come out at, with the monsters on top of their chess piece horse looking thing, <laughs> <laughs> <And> just <laughs> alongside Michael Jordan to draw this game. Um, I I really would I really would say that uh, Red Bull would win this if Caden Clark plays again. So I it but I I think it's gonna be a crappy draw.
0: I'm picking Loudon mainly just because they were they were at one point the USL Cup winners for the first two uh, weeks of the season. <laughs> you know, congratulations on them winning the USL Cup. Uh, you have to believe that they're going to repeat at some point. Um, I think this is where they finally start their journey back up to the top of the league. Next up, we have the Miami FC versus Tampa Bay. Interestingly, uh, the Miami FC was the last team
1: to shut out uh, Tampa Bay Rowdies in a match that happened back on April 9th. But this Tampa Bay team has just been in fantastic form, just kind of refined it or just kind of finding their form again. So I think they pick up the result here and get a win that could take them as high as third. Yeah, Tampa's looked really good in these past few weeks. That game against Louisville was one of the best defensive performances I've seen in a long, long time. I've
2: got them winning this. Uh, Ditto. (laughs) For you young folks, that was a machine that would make copies. Um, I thought that was a Pokemon yeah, Pokemon. I was gonna say it's <laughs> Pokemon. You young whippersnappers and your yes. your Pokemon. You young whippersnappers and your Pokemon cards. By the way, I
1: just finished a replay of Pokemon Silver. Very great game. Alright. Yeah. Silver's
0: a good one. I loved I love gold. Loved yeah. gold.
3: Um I went with the draw. Uh just to be different, because I knew every single one of you were gonna pick Tampa Bay. And so I just wanted to see what I did. I could not go with Miami winning. Um, but hopefully they can pull off a draw. I, I think they're at home also, so
0: yeah, I ended up picking Tampa and this is my lock. Um I I it's just so hard to overlook what they did against Luke City. It I don't think Lou City had a single shot on goal, right? I mean Yeah. Yeah. That is just defensive masterclass at, at its best. And like I said, they just picked up Thomas Van Caillehole, which he is going to be a massive difference maker, and I think he's going to be able to stop down or stop that Miami attack pretty uh, swiftly. Uh, next up, we have Detroit versus John Sacramento. Also, John's Detroit, depending on the day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know. This is uh, it's a really interesting one. Sacramento with a uh, very, a pretty decent win over uh, San Antonio we'll 1 0 this past week. But if you're looking back at a lot of uh, Sacramento's previous results, they only have one win away from home this year against the Baby Bulls, and they are very low scoring team just kind of like Burnley in their way through a lot of these results. You have to go all the way back to the first match of the year against El Paso to find when they had three goals, and then back in March and April when they had uh, two goals in a match. So I think it's going to be the, I still need to be convinced by their rude form, so I'm going to go with a draw here, but um, yeah, it's a very low-scoring Sacramento team as of late. Robert, you yeah. shut your mouth. <laughs> So Sacramento, across all competitions, has given up, I think, two goals in seven games. Like, they're shut down at this point in time. I watch a weird amount of Detroit because,
3: you uh, know,
1: a lot of likes when you post long threads about them. <laughs> so I yeah. feel like the scouting report <laughs> I sent over to Coach Briggs is a pretty good thing. So I locked the Sacramento win.
2: Um, I'm getting tired of being ignored by the Detroit City fans, so, um, I'm picking Sacramento, so, I don't think you're good, Detroit. Oh.
0: Somebody, I would have you not the power rankings. Yeah.
2: yeah, I would just leave you out of the power rankings. I would put you, like, mid-table in League 2. That's where I think you belong, Detroit City.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: NASL All Stars. Oh, yeah. More I like the Nisa,
3: Nisa All Stars.
2: Go play in uh, UPSL or whatever.
3: <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, they're going to ignore me because I picked them to win, but I really hope they lose, honestly.
0: <laughs> oh, man. I picked Sacramento here. Um, I just. And this is, this is not me having just random random attacks onto Detroit City. I just really believe in what Sacramento is doing right now. The more and more I've watched them, the more and more I kind of see what John sees a little bit. Because I, I kind of just watched the highlights and didn't watch the extended, you know, the entire matches. But the more I've watched, the more I really, really like. I think what they can do tactically can really shut down what Detroit, uh, Detroit City does. That said, I do think that a guy like Steinwasher is going to be huge in this match. I think that if Detroit City comes away with the result
2: here, it's going to be because of him. Um, By the way, him? you can you can at me at USL Tactics um, <laughs> if you don't like that take. It's right, it's right here on my on my on my screen, so you just copy paste.
0: <laughs> Oh, dear God. <laughs> Next up, we have Oakland versus Rio Grande.
1: Yeah, as we mentioned at the uh, top of the show, Oakland is one of the uh, three teams in the Championship unbeaten <laughs> in their last five. I feel like they're really starting to kind of find their form and just sitting on that edge of a playoff spot. A uh, win here, could see them climb all the way as high as uh, third or fourth. I'm going to take Oakland to win this one. However, I do want to at least point out that uh, RGV had a very long uh, streak of games where they scored in matches, ended against uh, Lostos this past weekend. So I'm backing Oakland to win this match. Yeah, I want Oakland as well. Like I said earlier, I really believe in what they're doing tactically. I think RGV just tends to be a little bit vulnerable some of their roster decisions in terms of who they're starting on a week-to-week basis continue to baffle me. So kind of leaning roots.
2: Um, I, since again, I'm the Norwich of league predictions. I am attracted to yellow and green teams. So I already picked Tampa. So I am also picking Oakland. Sorry, Oakland. Do they have yellow and green? Do they... Yeah, it's one of their kits. It's like a in, full green black. top.
0: Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay.
2: Yeah, they have like black and then yellow and green because it's like, we're Oakland. I was yeah, thinking,
0: I was just thinking, okay. I was just thinking about the crest and I was like, I don't remember any green. Okay, that makes sense. It's
1: that, you know, that
0: like weird
1: mosaic y thing underneath the tree and the logo. They've got no. like every color under the rainbow there.
0: Okay. I mean, I guess they don't have to change their logo for June. So good on them. <laughs> That's
3: true. Um, I picked Oakland also uh, to get the win. Um, the Venezia All-Stars. Uh going to get the three points.
0: Venezia All-Stars. Jesus Christ. I also took Oakland. Um, Rio Grande, they were really, really good. And then they were really really not and then they're pretty good again uh i just believe what oakland is doing right they're now. they're permanently
1: really really average if we're being honest
0: yeah that sounds about right also somebody remind me to upload this as a podcast because i will forget <laughs> um, We just
3: got a reminder from jeremy churchman
0: I know. I just saw that. I remember <laughs> at USL Tactics. That's who you need to go to remind for that. Um, next like up, we follow have. Follow
1: and comment, people.
0: <laughs> bring them your way. <laughs> um, next up, we have Phoenix versus El Paso.
1: I don't. This is an, a really just kind of fascinating match to see with Phoenix. If you're looking back through uh, some of their games, this is the possibility for the first time since the end of the 2021 season that they would have uh, gone three consecutive home games without winning a match at home. They had ended uh, last season with uh, two draws and then eventually lost their uh, playoff game at home in the regular season. I can't – I'm trying to go back through and find the last time they lost three consecutive home games, but I'm going to predict that they – get three consecutive home losses with El Paso getting a win here yeah I went draw El Paso kind of has been bleeding players between Brock Bank just kind of up and leaving the Luna sale some injuries I still believe in what they're doing meanwhile Phoenix I think there's a little more trouble brewing there than we're maybe giving credit for um I don't know. I went draw with this one. I could see it going either way. Like Phoenix feels like they're going to write the ship, but there's just something off about that team.
2: Yeah, I um, I get that, and so I'm trying to buck the trend and come off as like the super smart guy. So I picked Phoenix to win. So when they do win, I'll be like, "See, guys, I told you so." But then when they lose, I to be like, "See, guys, I told you I was terrible at this." john hated that pick so much
0: yeah.
3: yeah he could not he could not take it he could not take what he just said <laughs> um i went with el paso el paso <laughs> We're winning um i don't think phoenix is is in a good is in good form right now um i don't think they're gonna write it so quickly he's back <laughs> the shame and, uh, john needed
1: a re-up on the vodka soda yes sir
2: Uh, I have that effect on people
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh man I went with El Paso in this one and I think it's because I've been listening to a lot more Seriously Loco and I've been buying into Phil's uh, propaganda Mm -hmm. I I also this is just kind of my rule of thumb if you lose the legion you're bad at soccer so like don't be bad at soccer anymore phoenix Uh, el paso is going to win this one and i did clarify uh phoenix
1: rising has not lost three consecutive home games in the phoenix rising era you have to go all the way back to the arizona united sc days Uh, in 2016 to find the last time they lost three consecutive home games all to three mls team teams Was that Drogba's first year? No, Drogba was a proper Phoenix Rising player. This was the old Arizona United before the uh, rebrand. They lost the Timbers to Los and Real Monarchs three in a row.
0: Talk about USL. Wow. (laughs) Next up, we are going to be moving down to League One, where we are going to see another invasion into Richmond this time still the charlotte independent supporters richmond i think uh played decently
1: well they had a pretty good win against uh chattanooga team that is in somewhat of a free fall at the moment with uh three consecutive losses and then even picking up the 2-2 draw against Tormentus so i think richmond uh just playing at home they get a result here against uh, charlotte with a win yeah, because I'm kind of the guy who just does data for everything, I now have USL League 1 XG up on the site, and Richmond is the team that uh, creates the most expected goals and allows the most expected goals in League 1, so they're kind of just a party no matter how you slice it. <laughs> I think that that kind of end-to-end game leans their way more than it does for the Independents, so I went with them.
2: Yeah, uh, Harry asked, "Does Charlotte even have 11 fans?" They do. It was an adopt a fan program where every starting 11 <laughs> player gets to adopt the one, the, the a fan, and they cover all 11 of them. Um, yeah, I agree with John. Uh, I'm. I, I pick Charlotte a few times, and I think every time I do, they disappoint me. Um, and then I remember their Charlotte Independence, and they're just generally disappointing. Um, <laughs> mostly the front office. I'm not going to put that on the players. Um, as much. Um, and then John, just like expected goals allowed. That's high numbers, good, right? That's we want
1: we you want to allow as many as possible.
2: <laughs> perfect. Perfect. I, I, so I, I think if kickers are doing that, then I we got to go with the team that's you know, statistically doing the best job. So, uh, I, yeah, I went with Richmond.
3: Big number, good. Um, I went, I went with, uh, Kickers by ten. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't lock it um, because I had another another lock for sure for the uh, coming up. But um, yeah, I don't I don't think Charlotte is looking good right now um, after the hot start that they've had. Ebarra was injured. I don't know if he'll be back. Yeah. Um, but he got injured fairly early in the first half. Um, wouldn't have made a difference. We still would have kicked their ass anyways. But um, uh, it. Um, they their own players were fighting with each other. I don't know who the left back from Colombia was, but they were his the center back then the keeper that nobody even knows because he only been with the club for three days. we um, <laughs> were yelling at him because Alan Gaviranes was tearing him up uh, the whole time. So um, I think Richmond is a is a strange team right now, but they they're a good team still, and um, I respect yeah. them, and I think they'll definitely get a win
0: somebody disagreed apparently um you know a kicker i hardly know or that's all right that's a bad one all right um i went with the kickers um i surely just i mean i believe in the kickers i also this is entirely out of principle at this point you don't block geo and then not expect to have some kind of social ramifications and that's not even just for the other Thank things you. That are coming out of that organization. I know there were a few fans that were talking about that. It sounded like that Greenville fans were there for a funeral, which is just going to be the Independence after about two years from now because Charlotte FC is here, wow. baby. They
3: also they made fun of me for having FIFA in my Twitter bio. That was disrespectful. I mean, well they, they do movie reviews in theirs, but it, not, neither here nor there. And roots for Watford.
0: And roots yeah. for. <laughs> True. Um, what a layup. Um, and I'm thinking this, uh, the next match, is this uh, Northern Colorado's home opener?
1: No, that home that, opener is tomorrow, tomorrow. against tomorrow. NCFC. But I do think tomorrow should be one to watch for because it should dictate how they just kind of approach this match on Saturday. You would think with the home opener, they would want to just kind of put on a good show. And if you're going up against NCFC, uh, that's certainly a team really kind of to keep an or to at least take a bit more seriously for this match, especially as uh, holding a playoff spot. So I'm going to go with a draw against Tormenta on Saturday. Hey, what Tormenta really has going for them is just their still unbeaten record away from home, despite not having wins at home. So I think it'll be another tough match. Uh, I'll go with a draw. Yeah, White Tormenta here. Kaziah uh, Sterling got on the board with two assists this past match for them. I think he's come really on, you Spurs special. Oh yeah, so um, that's really my motivation here. I do think that this Tormenta team is really going to round into form. They've impressed me when I've seen them. So
0: didn't he also just do an interview with Two Cents? Um, I think he did. I think uh, I Sterling? think he did
3: too. I think he did too.
0: Yeah, it was really, really good. I can't remember if it was two cents or walking ninety, but whichever one it was, it was incredible. Go listen to it.
2: Anyway. I just have a message for US Elite One teams. Can you guys like be consistent, please? You know how hard <laughs> it is to pick when like every team but three have multiple losses in the past five games? Like it's wild. It's like Christmas on the on the standings. Um <laughs> Oof! Uh, I, I went with Tormenta more just because kind of the the run of form. Uh, kind of, I guess. I don't know. I didn't feel great about it. I yeah, still don't feel great about it. Um, but I, I do think uh, Northern Colorado is probably going to go a little bit heavier in their home opener. Uh, but you never know. Like they might just be rallying up. If you know, if if they do some do some damage against North Carolina. Um, maybe that, that takes the momentum in and they, they get some out of it, but um, I picked Tormenta in this one.
3: Um, I wanted to go with Tormenta. I really do enjoy how they play, um, especially after they beat us at home. That one really hurt a couple weeks ago. Um, but Colorado, I mean, they have Para, and he's he's been playing very well, and I can see why he left Charlotte to go to a better team uh, mm-hmm. in northern Colorado. Um, and, and, so I, um, I think he's gonna get back in the form, um, and, and uh, after having an exciting game, first home game tomorrow, I think they'll, uh, I think they'll win tomorrow and then move on and, and have a good showing and then beat Tormenta.
0: I mean, we're talking about how much of a crapshoot this league is. Greenville Triumph are top of the league with a goal difference of one
3: one because we're
0: number one baby <laughs> Charlotte has a goal difference of zero North Carolina has a goal difference of zero. I love this league so <laughs> much for all the wrong reasons um and I'm, I'm going with Northern Colorado I I want to believe in tormenta because I really like watching them play. their defense is so boomer bust. They will either shut you out or give up seven, and there's really no in-between with them. Um, I think that Northern Colorado is going to have the juice. I think playing in higher altitudes is going to get to a team that plays in South Georgia. Um, So, yeah, I'm going with uh, Northern Colorado here. And then we have our last match. We have Fuego versus the Sad Boys. Chattanooga is in free fall right now. Not
1: only have they lost their last three, they haven't scored a goal in their last three. In fact, their last goal that they scored was against this very same uh, Central Valley Fuego team 310 minutes ago. You could watch the first two episodes, or episode one and episode two of Star Wars, and then the first 32 minutes of episode three in that time since they last scored a goal, which is why I think uh, Fuego, despite not having a (coughs) win at home yet, I'm going to lock them to get a win here against a very much struggling Chattanooga team. Yeah, Fuego kind of fall into the same havoc bucket as Richmond, where they're a very end-to-end kind of uh, team. I have a little bit of a one-sided beef with Villian Biev. I think Omaha has been a little bit distracted with the Open Cup and all of that excitement. And I think with the ability to focus in, They'll play well, but I do have a draw here. Uh
2: Fuego. I'm going with Fuego. Um just because they're on fire. <laughs> they haven't lost it's a, a match. I mean, it, works. it works. I live in SoCal. I know some Spanish words. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's been We've a I mean, kind of Pabusa. It's been since April since they lost a match, uh, so I think I, I'm I'm gonna tip them for for going over the edge. They've had a couple draws lately, so I think they're gonna get this one done and get three points.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, Chattanooga sucks. They just <laughs> there it they're is. They just they're just not a good team right now. I, I even you know if you, I, they just have looked terrible offensively, <clears throat> defensively. Uh, they just don't look like they're ready to play at all. Every game that um, they're losing at home, they're losing away, they, they just have nothing going for them. And the offense that they have hasn't been putting up any numbers. Um, and I'm, So I'm going with Fuego, BJ, whatever. Um, I have a beef with him too if he has beef with my boy John. But uh, he has been playing very well. Um, I really like their uh, Cerritos um, in the midfield that they have. Um, Some of their players are very impressive, and and I really have enjoyed watching them play. Um, But yeah, Chattanooga just sucks. That's my
0: lock. Fuego is my lock for the week also. Um, Run from it, dread from it. Bichef scores all the same. Um, This Except for the one game against Omaha, they're going to – I mean, Fuego are going to at least get a goal. And if you ask me, like, is are the Red Wolves going to score? No, they're, they're not. They're just not going to score. So I, I went with – I went with Fuego here. Um, I mean – I, I'm really I like what I've seen at home too. I really like watching Fuego at home. They're a fun team to watch. Um, really exciting, just all around. If you're not watching the kickers for you know a track me back and forth, I mean hey, the uh, if if it's going to be one way traffic, which I think it's going to be, Fuego <laughs> I'm going to get this. Um, as for my wall art, I have no idea what this is. I <laughs> I am sitting in my aunt and uncle's foyer. I cannot I I think uh, it's,
2: it's it's foyer actually yeah. sir
0: it's french do I sound like I speak any kind of french
1: <laughs> It's a Why? foyer in birmingham
0: <laughs> <laughs> listen boys i have to clean it up when i get on this show you don't you don't hear me whenever i'm not on camera it gets it gets real rough i'm not going to lie to you guys
3: <laughs> so you are french
0: uh it's basically french <laughs> but i think that's i think that's everything uh when it comes to predictions does anybody have any just you know last things they want to say i know this episode's running a little bit long but anybody
2: got any last things to say on the usl talk how about this for some some southern speaking happy pride y'all hey y'all means all babe
1: we just (laughs) lost every viewer in the south congrats alan
0: thanks (laughs) Uh, first detroit and now everyone in
2: the south like (laughs) (laughs) oh by the way
1: just to update that poll before we get off um on who is gonna miss the playoffs. Birmingham on 35% of the vote, Miami on 33, Indy on 31. So as tight as you can possibly imagine, but
0: Birmingham slightly favored to miss out. Yeah. (laughs) Not, not shocking. Um, Yeah. Um, Yeah, so let's go ahead and get into some little outros. I wanna start, let's go with Ryan. I would like to say
1: well done to the internet for uh, uh, just basically getting Morbius back into theaters at the expense of the Sony. Exactly. Never mind that Sony is still experiencing delays with PS5s that people still can't get. They wanted to waste their money to basically make a movie about Spider Man's like 14th best uh, foe and antagonist. So well done, internet. We had them average $85 per theater. John. Yeah, um I think I do just have to kind of return to a point made at the beginning and shout out Back Heald. Uh we're at a month of publishing at this point. I'm in it twice a week writing about the USL. I'm thinking I may be one of the only people who's like actually given money to write about the usl from a national perspective so like support the website support that because it's the only way we're going to be able to grow the coverage of the game
0: for sure for sure how much is uh how much is it by the way (laughs) not much
1: (laughs) but hey it is something i
0: mean for the well i meant i meant uh like does it cost anything to subscribe for the people who are oh
1: subscribe absolutely not yeah like get in there for free it's in your inbox. We still publish everything full on, but I mean, like, get that early access.
0: So you have no excuse, people at home. Like, zero excuse. Um, next yeah, up... Detroit we got... City fans. <laughs> there it is. Just throw hey, it out. if you're a
1: Detroit fan, I wrote a glowing profile of Antoine Hapineau, so...
0: They only read power rankings. Please. Okay. Um, <laughs> Gio.
3: <laughs> um... I am excited for Obi-Wan Kenobi tomorrow. Um, so I know some of you guys watch, so it's, it's awesome. Um, and I am fairly excited to watch Jurassic World this week. I'm gonna go see that on Thursday. Um, just get some nostalgia going. Um, and that's about
0: it. There's a there's a kid that I worked that I worked with uh, at the place I, uh, I had to stop working at because I just moved, but he he uh, worked in, in the back room of the kitchen, a g- kid has autism, super sweet kid, super nice, obsessed with Jurassic World. <laughs> I don't know how I forgot that it was coming out on uh, this Thursday because believe you me, he told me daily, when it was coming out, the fact that I forgot, I'm a terrible friend. Jesus Christ. Now you got to go watch it. Now, I don't want to watch it. I, <laughs> really don't. I I watched the first Jurassic World and enjoyed it. And I said, this is where I'm going to stop. I'm going to end while I'm on top.
2: Um, so, Alan. Uh, it's election day in California. Uh, so I just want to take this opportunity to remind people to vote and to register to vote in your local uh, local races are super important. Your school board races, your your city council. These are the people that really make decisions that you affect your everyday life. Uh, so go out, get registered to vote, and make your voice heard on election day. And I'm super stoked. I tried to talk my wife into watching it, but she said no. So tomorrow I'll be watching Chippendale Rescue Rangers. So yeah, uh, I can't I can't it wait is, to get on. Absolutely it's, it's killer.
3: It's really good.
2: I, that's why I tried to convince her. I'm like, it's got over 80% on Rotten Tomatoes, and the internet says it's good. And she was like, Mm-mm. I was like, this one I'm watching by myself. She's like, hmm Like, all right. So <laughs> tomorrow on the docket is ch-, ch ch chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers. Solid,
0: solid. Um, I guess I'll take a little bit of a podium. Um, I just want to throw it out there. Uh, if your club does not have any kind of Pride Night planned or – or does not want to promote it looking at you legion um get on them and yell at them to do that because it's really important it's it's so freaking important the amount of lgbtq plus people who are supporters of you know our soccer teams i mean it's i know it's i know it's not more than half but like It feels like it sometimes because relative to other sports, soccer is just so much more inclusive. And we want to make this feel like a more inclusive place. So if they don't have anything planned and it's not and I don't mean by the supporters groups, I mean by the club, yell at them to do so. Make a change. It's important. Um, I think I've been doing pieces of music. Um, I think I don't remember what I did two weeks ago or last week, whichever one it was. If I didn't say Finlandia by Sebelius last week. Oh, um, what a boo. Hey, that's what I'm walking down the aisle to, you jerk. Oh man. Ugh,
2: what a hack.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Uh that's I think that would be it. If you if I did say that last week, go listen to. I'm not going no. I want you to listen to the first movement of Shostakovich 5. It's a banger. The finale is good, but the first movement is chef's kiss. So, this is a super super long episode and I will upload this to for podcast this week. Someone please remind me. Um <laughs> But yeah, thank you guys so so much for watching. The chat was popping tonight. Let's do this every single week. Um, and for if you're listening at home, thank you so much for list or for listening for a full hour and 24 minutes. But to round out the show, thank you guys so much for listening. And for one last time tonight, Q
2: Allen's voice. Thank you for watching another episode of the USL show. This and every episode is brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. Find podcasts and other written work at bgn.fm. Once again, thanks for stopping by, and we'll see you guys again next week.